great to be with you here this morning. And in this morning, if you have your Bibles, I'd love you to turn to Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 23. But if you're looking for a title of this message, this is called Total Liquidation. And what does that mean? What's that? Oh, kids, y'all can leave. I'm sorry. Y'all don't want to hear Pastor Bubba, I promise. No, I understand. But, uh, you know, but um, how many of you have ever seen that plastered on storefronts or car advertisements or, or furniture sales, advertise everything, yes, everything. No, not just some things, everything must go, total liquidation. You know what I'm talking about? You know, this, this Nissan whatever, this Toyota so-and-so, it's going, gone, gone, come get it, it's gone. Brown's Furniture, I remember as a kid, they had so many, so many total liquidation sales and they would go out of business, some like a month later they were back in business. And they were having, how many you know what I'm talking about? If you're from here, Brown's Furniture, am I lying? No, I just, how many times are they going to have an out of, going out of business sale? And they went out of business, they changed their names to Hermit Myers or something like that. Now they're Browns again. So I don't know, but, you know, it's, I believe God is raising up a generation and a people in every church, in every community, every job, in every school that's ready to sell out for God. And what that means is we got to be willing to give our all. Say it with me, all. You know what the Bible, you know, if you look up the Greek and the Hebrew word for all, you know what it means? All. It means everything. And so this morning, what I want to talk about this morning is, you know, when you look at this generation, it's not like any other generation. We have computers. They have iPads. They have iPhones. They, they you know, they have games. They have, they, 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 they jump off of buildings. You know what I mean? With like parachutes now. They, 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 they put rubber bands around their ankles and they jump off of bridges. And it's called a bungee cord. I call it stupid. Anyway, you know, they have all these different things. And we live in a radical. I mean, they go in, this, they go in the pools with no water and skateboard. Like one of my sons is a semi-professional skater, you know. And when he goes place, they know, Andrew, Andrew McCann's here. And he can do stuff. I mean, do stuff. Like, I, there's no way. I'd be in traction for a month. He was. That's right. He was. He <laughs> reminded me. He was. He, he shattered his kneecap about a year ago. And, 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 you know, you just see all the things. And I love this generation because they, they, they want to be on the edge. It's like, it's like you know, it has those, they have those things, no fear, all those things. You know, how many of you know God doesn't want you to have a spirit of fear? But he doesn't want you to have a spirit of stupid written on your forehead either. You see, this morning, are you ready to sell out to God? Are you ready to have a total liquidation sell for, for, to him? Let me just share with what, what I mean by this. If you look at Proverbs 23, 23, I'm, looking, I'm reading from the NLT version, the New Living Translation. And it says this. It says, get the truth and never sell it. It says, also get, wisdom, also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. See, do whatever it takes to get truth. It takes work. But God tells us that if we pay the price and don't give up, you have the, let me tell you, you know what the resource will be? You know what the, the source of life that you'll have? You'll have joy. You know, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, when I go into the, my chemotherapy, listen, I'll just go in there and go, well, hook me up. I'm walking there but knowing that I have a message. The same God that saved me uh, 32 years ago when I gave my life to Jesus as a young guy when I was two. Anyway, and no, 
But when I bowed my knee and I trusted him, the same God that brought salvation and deliverance in my life is the same God that can keep me and help me walk through this. It's just another phase of my journey. Are you hearing me? And we all have different challenges. We all have different things. I love what Bill Cosby, I was reading a thing. He said, I'm tired. He goes, I'm 83. I'm tired. I'm just tired. He starts talking about our society. He talks about the generation we live in. I'm tired of seeing kids do things and work, you know, do all these things. I'm tired of people living off of this. I'm tired. Of, and he's just telling me, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to leave. But he said, what really concerns me is my kids and my grandkids. He said, I'm about to exit, but they're just entering. How many of you, let me, let's just be really brutally honest. Moms, let me just talk to you. How many times there are just times that you just get tired of changing diapers or the kids or, you know, come on, come on, talk to me. Come on, anybody, come on. If you raise your hand, God will not strike you dead, all right? He won't bring a curse on you. I don't want to, oh. How many of you just like, you know, I brought you into this world. There's a couple of times, and I'll take you out too. You ever feel that way? Okay. That's just normal. Okay. But, you know, there's times that, we, you know, we have things that really bother us. But see, when you look at the scripture, you know, the thing of the byproduct is buying. When you buy truth, that means when you accept the truth, when you live this truth, it's not just accepting it in your mind. It's allowing it. It's like swallowing it. It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, what was that movie where they swallowed that red pill? Was it? Matrix, thanks, thanks, Angus. Where they had to swallow this pill and they'd go into this different dimension and all this stuff. But see, it's like this truth, it's like that pill. When you take that pill of truth, not religion, are you hearing me? Okay, see, the bottom line is I grew up, my mother was Methodist, my dad was Baptist, and they fought about what church they were going to go to, so we hardly went to church. Okay, my mama's mom was Jehovah Witness, my mama, my daddy's mom. No, my daddy's mom was Jehovah Witness. My mom, see, I'm confused. And my mom's mom was charismatic, and my dad and my mom got a divorce when I was 10, and my stepfather was Catholic. So guess what? I didn't need religion. I needed out of my state of confusion. Amen? And I realize this, God's not looking for religion. He wants people that want to be real. And when you buy the truth, some of the byproducts of buying the truth is you get a little wisdom. How many need wisdom? The Bible says this, even when we have children, I dedicated a baby yes, last week. You know, the, Bible, the Bible says, you know, seek out wisdom. As a parent, you need wisdom sometimes. How many are you talking about? I remember one time I caught one of my sons, and I couldn't tell if it was a lie or a truth. And I was, I was in there, and I was ready to spank him. I was ready to, you know, come on. I don't believe in just whooping. I believe in, I was spanking. I believe in whoopings, all right? Well, you literally feel like dad was serious. And I remember, and, and it's, I don't just whip them for stupid stuff. I whip them for disobedience, okay? And I remember just, I couldn't get it. And then finally, I just, I prayed out loud while he was in the bathroom. And I said, God, I'm looking to you. Can you just help me in this circumstance? And the Lord just dropped a question in my mind. He's asking this. And I remember, I asked him the question, and literally, he caught himself in his own lie. And he was basically like, you know, here, Dad, you can have it now because I, I just busted myself. Some of us need wisdom. Some of us, the Bible says, you know, how many of you need discipline in your life? Come on. Come on. When someone comes with a good chicken fricassee and you know God's been speaking to you about eating and you only need two drumsticks and you don't need three breasts and a thigh and a wing. 
How many know that maybe it's disciplining your money? Maybe you've spent money that you didn't really have and God's calling you to be a good steward with what he's given you, he's entrusted you with. Maybe there's a discipline with your mouth. God wants you to watch things that you say or how you say it. Am I speaking to anybody in here this morning? And see, the Bible, I will. I'm just waiting for a hanky to rise up somewhere. <laughs> say surrender. I surrender. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Angus. Miss, Miss Jean at, my, at the Jenny's campus. Oh, come on, Pastor. Anyway, good judgment. Let me ask you, how many made some bad judgment calls? I was looking at my wife the other day. I mean, we were just married. I had a, we had a 1967 Volkswagen Beetle. The best year that they made bugs was 67, 71, and 72. And I had a 67 and had the chrome. And it was, it was you know, I remember when I bought it, they wouldn't give me a loan because we didn't have credit. We had paid cash for everything. And I had like 900 and something dollars in our savings account. And I was going to pay 1600 for it. And they wouldn't even give me a loan for the remainder. So I took all my money out. My, my, my father-in-law brought me to the credit union. I got a $600, what, a $700 loan. And I remember my payments were $45 a month. And my insurance was $54 a month. How many of you would love to have those days back? And I remember, man, I was just like, for, but we, we, you know, we were missionaries. We were living in the inner city. We were ministering to inner city people as a youth pastor. I was on staff and all this stuff. And, and I remember just, just saying, wow. And then my pastor came to me, and I was, sometimes I was easily influenced when I was young. How many of you felt that way? And he was going, I'm going to go get me, you know, one of them four-wheel drive Suzuki Samurais. Do you all remember what a Suzuki Samurai looks like? Listen, when they... When they sell that to you, they should sell you a kidney belt with it. But we were driving the other day, and I, I was looking at my wife, and we saw one. It was exactly like we had. And I go, look at that. Look at that right there. The most stupid thing I've ever done in our marriage, right, just passed us by. And she goes, you're right, it was. Because you know what? I never talked to my wife. I just went and did it. And because I justified, we're having, we're having another baby. And we need something. All I needed to do was go buy some back uh, seatbelt for the back of my bug. But I justified buying it because it had seatbelts in the back seat. So bad judgment. Amen? You say, Pastor, you were stupid. I was. I admit it. At least I'm admitting it. You see, but see, when you look at it, see, Isaiah 55.1 says this. Is there anyone thirsty? says, come and drink, even if you have no money. Come, take your choice wine or milk. It's all free. See, it speaks not only of the coming kingdom, but the present spiritual kingdom. You see, water represents this. When the Bible talks about water, it's talking about life. It's speaking life. When it speaks about wine in the Bible, it's talking about joy. When it speaks about milk in the Bible, it means growth. Okay, that's what those, that's what they symbolize. And God's saying this, listen, you know what? You want, if you're thirsty, come and drink. Get some living water, get some wine. How many of you know that you need life in you? Come on, how many of you need a little more life? How many of you need a little more joy? Look, Boone's Farm Tickle Pink won't give you joy. It'll give you a buzz for a little while. Okay, they used to have a brand called Tickle Pink, I promise. Wayne, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> We used to go buy that at Albertsons in Lafayette on Johnson Street for 99 cents. I remember when inflation went, it went up to five. We were mad. <laughs> you know, it's like God's not saying, look, I'm not talking about cheap wine. I'm talking about joy that comes not 
because of your circumstances. It comes despite your circumstances. When I go into chemotherapy and pray for people, you know, I mean, and I pray for everyone there. I promise. My wife is a witness. I've even brought some of the young guys to church, dropped me off, picked me up. I pray for them. There's a guy named, we pray for Mr. Mouton. And he, I like, I, I guide hunts and stuff for geese and all that and ducks and all that stuff. I've done that all my life. And, and, and he was a guide at a place called White Lake, which is like an incredible like sanctuary here in Louisiana. It used to be owned by Amico, and Amico donated to the state, and they have all the old boats and everything that are still like they were in the 40s and 50s. And you, you have to be invited there, or you have to pay for a hunt. And he was a guide out there for 30-something years. He makes his own calls and all this stuff, and he was telling me how he's given his, his, you know, his, his guns away, and he makes these calls, these duck calls that cost $200. He has 1,000 people want them, and he just can't do it. I said, I can't do it anymore. And I'm looking at someone, and, <clears throat> and after talking to him, I uh, asked one of the girls, Sarah. I said, well, Sarah, what's wrong? She said, Bob, uh, he, just, he probably is not going to make it till December. I'm like, are you serious? And when I left, because he, he had already left, I just prayed. I said, God, just pray that you let me talk to him again. Let me just speak to him again. And then Friday I had gone to get my pump out because I have to leave with a pump they keep on me for 48 hours. And, and I'm walking back on a Friday, and I have Billy Knight and, and Jared Hannon there with me, two young guys. God's really doing a work in their own hearts at our church. And they said, Pastor B, we want to bring you, man. Come on, come in. I said, come on, come see my world. So they're sitting in the chairs with me waiting and everything. And when I'm walking out, and I told them about this guy before. I said, I'm really praying God would give me a connection. As I'm walking out, they needed to see it. And as much as me, he walks right there. And I go, Mr. Mouton. And they're both looking at me. That's the guy Pastor Bob was praying for. I said, man, I've, you've been on my heart. I've been praying for you. I said, can I pray for you this morning? Can you just let me share with him and pray with him and encourage him? I, as I was walking in his waiting room, his wife was there. I said, man, I just pray for you. I said, y'all's family's been on my heart. I don't want nothing from them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I, if I have the joy of Jesus, if I have his life, I, you know, that I have something to give away. It's not Bubba McCann. It's Jesus himself. You know what? I mean, God wants you to be sometimes his mouth. God wants you to be his feet. God wants you to be his hands, whatever it is. Whatever it is. It's not about you. It's about God's kingdom. Are you hearing me? What great joy. You know, I was talking to one of my friends this past week. I'm going somewhere, I promise. We may travel a little bit this morning. It's been a few weeks since I preached. Okay? But we will get to the end. I was talking to a guy, and I'm like, my ADD is really kicking in. And it's HD, high definition this morning. So I've just, I've just been held back. You know, I've let all the other stallions preach the last couple of weeks, Josh and Zach. You know, and so I've just been feel like I've been left out. So anyway, I'm sorry. You just got to deal with me. And we're talking. I forgot what I was going to say. So that's good. Maybe someone, my wife was praying. Oh, Lord, let him not just travel too far. Huh? I don't know what I met in Lafayette. See, that my chemo brain kicked in. I just forget sometimes. But, you know, there's a lot of times that what happens is in our lives is that we come to a place and we have to, we have to figure out, man, what's, what's going on? You know, I believe Jesus wants us to focus in buying something money can't buy. And so what, what, what is that? Romans 14 says, tells us that the kingdom of God is inside of us. 
Say, when you run into somebody, see, it's like this. Your life is like, can you open that cap, baby? Your life, your life is like this bottle of water. You understand me? And you rep- if this is the kingdom, if this is the kingdom, come on. I've known her forever, so just, if this is the kingdom, I run into somebody, and guess what happens? Please, don't be offended what I'm about to do, okay? <laughs> but, you know, if I run into somebody, guess what? What's ever in me, did I get you right? No, give her a hand. All right, just sit there. <laughs> Whatever's in me and I run into, it's going to, see, your life, you should leak. Whatever you run into, it doesn't matter your position. It doesn't matter where you've been in life. It doesn't matter what side of the river you are. If you're a Boudreaux from the other side, you know, you're for, oh, you're a Boudreaux from the, from the Erath side? We don't play with y'all. You know, because what your daddy did years ago, he stole all our, tra- our crab traps. You know, I don't know. But I know this is it. You know, I know that, you know, it's just righteousness and peace are available to every one of us. The water of life, the wine of joy, the milk of growth are all for the taking. But see, the only prerequisite that we have to have. Is this. Thirst. See, that's what, that's what Isaiah says. Is anyone thirsty? I'm thirsty, so I'm going to drink a little bit. Is that all right? That felt good. See, Romans, I mean, um, Matthew 13, 45 and 46 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the outlook for choice pearls. It says, this, when he discovered a pearl of great price, he sold everything he owned and bought it. You know, so I started, I said, well, okay, well, let me see. I know there's a few things about pearls and how they happen. And we know that it gets in a clam and it's, it really starts out as a piece of sand gets in a clam and it becomes an irritant. And because it becomes an irritant, they don't just produce them to produce them. It, they get in the oyster shell and it surrounds the, the grain with a crystalline covering. And it just it becomes an irritant, so it rubs on that for a long time. They said the best and the most precious pearls happen after a seven-year process. It, but it starts out as an irritant. But it, it, this, this little grain of sand hardens and becomes a precious and valuable thing called the pearl. And while those who study such things say that the beautiful pearls take seven years to form, think about it. During the seven-year period, that irritating piece of sand it's hidden away, it's clothed, and it's covered by, with all of its beauty. You see, sometimes God brings people in our lives that are like an irritant. He said, well, I know, they're sitting right next to me. It's my husband <laughs> and my wife. Don't you confess that. My children. God uses irritants. Listen, sometimes God will send you a person in a package you just don't like. But it may be a gift to you. How many of you got people like that? They come to you in packages, you go like, Lord, please do something in them. And God's going, no, I want to do something in you through them. 
And God may, I've had people go, you know, I, I got this boss, and man, he cusses all the time and all that stuff. Maybe God put that boss, maybe it's an assignment from God that gave you the boss that cusses you out. I need a Christian. No, you don't. God sent you the right one. Amen? I didn't get a lot of amens on that one. But see, sometimes we have to, we have to you know, I believe this is it. That, that's us, that's us, gang. We're irritating pieces of saying some yet times, but yet the Lord clothes us, what the Bible says, with his righteousness. And one of the facts that I was looking at, I just wrote this, you are the, you are the pearl of great price. Have been, you've been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You know, another thought is that in his righteousness is a thing of matchless beauty and unspeakable value in the eyes of God, when God looks upon you, just like you look at your own children, you go, wow, how did I get blessed with such beautiful children? You, ever, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I go, I see babies when they're born and stuff, and I never tell anybody they're beautiful. Because all newborns are ugly. They look like a squirrel that was skint. I'm serious. People, oh, be like, yeah, but that nose needs to straighten out. Something like it's all crinkled up and just, you know, you know, they got some beautiful babies. You know, you, you ever have one where they come to you, oh, look at my baby. Look how beautiful. And you're going, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Lord, miracle. And Jesus, miracle power. Bring some beauty on that baby. Something. And then, you know, you see them about four or five months later and they're like, and they're just beautiful. You know, we dedicated a little girl this past week. Her mother is just living a lifestyle, a wayward lifestyle. She'd come to our church, and she got pregnant with a guy, never got married or anything. And, you know, she's all fearful. I said, I'll dedicate that baby to Jesus. And you know what? She started, after she got pregnant, she started coming again. And then we just started loving on her and loved this baby and dedicated to her, didn't condemn her. You hear what I'm saying? And now... I mean, when, when the baby dedication came, the dad came. First time ever. And we didn't, we didn't go, yeah, he, he's the one hooked. Yeah. <laughs> I went about that. Because, see, it's not how you start the race of life that matters. It's how you finish this race that's really important. And Jesus never came to make bad people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. Amen? Amen. And, see, I know this. Before I knew Jesus, I was spiritually dead. And, see, God came, and he looked at you, and he looked at me, and he goes, man, I'm going I'm to give my son away. I'm going to sell all of heaven that I can purchase them. Are you thinking about that? You see, the bottom line is sometimes we have to scrap a little dream to believe God for a bigger dream. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we get so used to our little, but the big dream is the pearl of great price. It's expensive. It's going to cost you everything. When you look at people's life, man, I want to live in victory like them. I want to do like this. Like, can I just tell you something? Everybody, even on TV, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers go through trials. They have hard, difficult times. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Billy Graham probably dealt with depression a few times in his life. And we think, man, they just got it all together. and they got... But we weren't there when they were facing their trial. I'm serious. 
Do you think that people that live like that don't face things with their children? Who do you think the devil's coming after? If he can't get them, he's going to get to their children. You see, the thing I've learned is that to purchase an expensive pearl, which represents the kingdom, you have to, you have to be willing to sell everything and have enough to buy it. And what, is it, what does it take to buy it? Everything. Let me ask you a question. Here's a test. If you don't remember anything else I say today, I hope you remember this. How many of you want all of God in your life? All of God. All of God. Come on. You want, man, everything God has for me. 100%. Listen, you'll never get all of God unless you're willing to give all of you. One of the things I've learned, a couple of things I'm trying to live by. Lord, if I do everything I can during my, my journey of life and what I'm facing right now, I'm trusting you. You can do everything you can. Because, see, where the medicine stops, that's where Jesus begins. See, where your trial stops, that's where Jesus begins. Where your depression or whatever you're walking through, and you just go, God, I can't handle this anymore. Come on. How many of you have been at that point? You ever talk to yourself? Yeah. Listen, I, I've talked to myself. I used to work on streets, and I'd see people literally walking down the street. And they go, hey, it's y'all. They just start babbling, you know, like. I remember, how many ever saw that movie where one flew over the cuckoo's nest with Jack Nicholson? I ministered in that whole area. And one day they dropped me off at a bus stop with all the demoniacs and the crazies. And they're in the bus stop going, <laughs> fidgeting, finding things that they don't see. And you're going, my God. And people go, well, they're, they're, they need some pills to take care of. Listen, it don't matter. You can take a pill for depression, honey, but that's not what you really need. What was that pill we were talking about the other day? You saw it on TV. They were trying to justify something. And it was like they were talking about, you know, you got a pill for this. And my wife and I are just looking at it, man. They got a pill for everything nowadays. Just take this and, you know, it'll be all better. You won't know what you went through. So like my grandmother, she goes, well, back when I had children, I didn't know what I had for two days. They drug me up so much. Okay, I'm getting back to the message. In other words, give your entire life to serve him and his cause without holding anything back. Live completely for him. Like for this outreach that's coming up, let me just, can I make a challenge? All of you need to get involved. What do you mean, Pastor? All of you need. Well, I had never done anything. That's good. God loves people that are saying, I don't know how to do anything. And that goes, when he shows up, you know it was him. You know what I'm praying for? All these kids and Zach and them while they're in Waco and that reach. I'm praying for God encounters of a God kind. Those kids get so messed up. You know, what do you mean messed up? I'm not talking about, <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about Boone's Farm. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about messed up where they go, wow, I'm so stinking blessed. I'm so like, wow. God is just like, I've seen God do things, and I've been playing church, and I need to stop playing, and I need to start getting involved. It's kind of like the car that drives down the neighbor, like the street when I was a kid, and we'd look at him and go, that's all show, no go. Because it's all show. And people come to church sometimes, it's all show. Look what he got, oh, man, he got an Oscar Dial, Meyer, whatever, I don't know what he got on. 
Now look at his shoes. He's got, wow, look at that. We get into all the, the stuff. Come on, it's church and stuff. Church is Jesus. Church is realizing, you know what? If, if he doesn't come through, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Be bold. You can't hesitate to take a plunge. You can't dip your toe in the pool. Sometimes you just got to jump in. Because you put your toe to it. Go to the Pacific Ocean. Put your toe in it. No! I ain't getting in that. And you get the free songs quick. I remember one time we were, the first time I ever hit the Pacific Ocean, we were, we were on a missions trip doing some stuff, and the guys, hey, you got to go to Washington. So, hey, man, let's go to Los Angeles. Let's go play. Let's go swim. So we drove all the way from Dallas, Texas, straight to the West Coast because we could have, we drove all night, all day, eight of us guys in a van. We got there to the coast. We got there in the morning. We go, the Pacific Ocean, yeah. Now, me, being from South Louisiana, I'm thinking I'm like getting into Lake Charles Beach. Have you been to Lake Charles Beach? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. How about Lake Arthur Beach? You know, we got a new like it. Brother, have you been to Lake Arthur lately? If y'all have it, it is really nice. They even brought Florida sand in on our beach. Now, it washes out every two weeks. <laughs> but it's nice. They fixed up the downtown. They got a really nice restaurant on the water now. They got things for the kids. They got an ice cream shop. It's cool just to go there for the day. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. You pass right in front of the Jennings campus to get there, six miles from, from where we are. But I'm just, it's nice. Me and my wife and the kids went this week, you know, got in the water. And actually, the water was nice. Wasn't like Pacific Ocean nice. But I remember going there, and I wondered why all these guys had wetsuits on. Then I had a revelation. When I touched the Pacific Ocean, and we just ran. We just like, we're going to take the plunge. I remember running and like, Hitting the water and, and got a wave and like literally got up and I went. <gasps> I didn't have any breath left. It was so freaking cold. And see, for some of us, some of us, you know, we like we we gotta test the waters. Sometimes you just gotta take a plunge. And sometimes it'll take your breath out of you and God'll breathe his breath in you. You see, be bold. The only failure is, is, is really refusing to try. And we look for all these things. Well, I'll do it if. You know what? There's no ifs. There's some good buts in the Bible and there's some bad buts in the Bible. I just don't want you to believe in the bad buts or be between a but. Yeah, okay, I'll talk to you. I'm not going to preach that, but I can go there. Some people are shocked. Like I said, it's been a while. How many times do you think you get something? You know, how many times do you think you're going to get someone saved because of what you do or what you do? I remember there's a story about this preacher, and he had this lawyer in his church. He started coming. He said, man, I'm going to get this guy to join our church. And he's a lawyer. He's smart. He makes a lot of money. He does a lot. And so he's scheming. How? So he does this whole sermon series on how to reach this lawyer. And he's thinking, I'm, through these messages, I'm going to reach this lawyer. And so the, at the end of a series that he preaches, the pastor goes and he comes up to the pastor. Pastor, I want to join the church. And, I, and, he, and, that, and, he, and the pastor in his mind, he's going, in his, in, his, in his spirit, he's hearing choirs of angels singing. He goes, thank you, Jesus. And he looks at him, what sermon did it? And he goes, it wasn't none of your sermons, pastor. 
He said, they never interested in me. <laughs> when in the world ever influenced you to join our church? You know that widow in your church? The one with crutches, doesn't have a leg. She was walking out there one day, pastor, and her crutch broke. And I caught her right before she hit the ground. And she looked at me and said, thank you. Thank you, sir. I hope you love my Jesus. So you sermons didn't you sermons didn't do it. It was the words of that old widow lady that made me go, this is where I need to be. Listen. Listen, I've always told people, if I have to talk to you in the this is your church, then you probably need to go somewhere else. Get someone to talk you out of it. Listen, we don't vote on church. We don't vote on what color chairs we get around here. If you promise not to vote on me and Pastor Jamie, we won't vote on you. Is that okay? You know, see, the Apostle Paul put his, let me just wrap this up. Apostle Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5.15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. You know, when I think about that, you know, there's a study that I read a while back, and it says that 80% of pastors or people that go into full-time ministry, the average is 80% of people after three years of full-time ministry leave the ministry and never return. There are more people leaving the ministry than are coming into the ministry. And see, the thing is, I believe here in Eunice, we have believed the gospel of provision. We believe the gospel of resurrection power, but sometimes without the cross. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? That there's a comes a point where you need to die. I say, God, please take this life and make it what you want it to be and not what I think I need to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, this gospel is led sometimes when you believe a gospel like that for provision and power with no cross, you know what it, rep- you know what it brings? It brings a lukewarmness. It brings a, a place where you just become stagnant. You know what stagnant water's like? You know, let me tell you, God calls us sheep. What a great thing, huh? He didn't call us lions. He didn't call us eagles. He calls us sheep. <laughs> you know what sheep do? They'll eat everything in the field. They'll defecate and urinate in the water to where it becomes stagnant. Are you hearing me? And that's why the good shepherd has to lead them to different pastures so, you know, that that field and all the the things that they have can recuperate. And so for many of us, you know what, a lukewarm state, you get to that point where you go, well, I'll show up. I hope Pastor Jamie got a good word. Oh, Pastor Bub was here. He's small. He's sharp. But he's a little funny. I think I'll come. It's not about that. You should be coming through those doors and by God in heaven. Today, God, I need you. I want you. I need a word. And it's not just getting on Sunday. It's every day you get, in your, you get your plate or your bowl out and you have breakfast with God. You hearing me? Some of you might have to get up early and go somewhere and go to work. You know what? Turn off the darn radio. Listen, don't listen to any of the talk show guys. They'll just make you critical and cynical. And just say, God, this is my time with you. God, speak to me, refresh me, renew me. If you got one scripture that you're just memorizing and thinking about, use that scripture. God will use it for that day. Are you hearing me? 
there are many times, you know, the Bible says that we, we in, in 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter of love, at the end of it says, we see through a glass dimly, but God sees everything clearly. My message, everything. Jamie, what are you, you got to move that vent, Lord. The wind of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Maybe the Lord's saying, forget your notes. I don't need that. But see, it has robbed us. Many times when you get to lukewarm, it robs us of the fire of God. It burns in our hearts. Can I just be real brutally honest with you? This has been, a, this has been honestly, for Tracy and I, it's been a year that's been trying at times. With me, what I have, what I'm walking through, God, I've, God's given me a grace. Literally walk through this, I promise you. A grace, but he didn't always give that grace to your kids and your wife. You know what I mean? And then we had one of our sons we've been praying for, believing God for, just made some bad decisions, choices and stuff. And there's times we just go, I wish he'd just leave the house. You ever feel that way? No, seriously. I hope you, you know, I'm like, don't kill him, but come close to it, Lord. You know, about two and a half weeks ago, me and him had a daddy-son talk. You know, kind of, kind of like, you know, Foghorn Langhorn. I say, I say, boy, let me tell you, shit down, and just let him know what's going on, and kind of like, Porky That's all, folks. That's the way it's going to be. Now, that wasn't just the final one, but it was all these other things that were happening. And don't you pray that your kids get caught with everything that happens to them or everything, things break. I mean, literally, they came to that point. But let me tell you something. The most beautiful thing is there was a real breaking. And you see, and then the fruits of his life, going back and restoring things, making things right with people, doing, are you hearing me? That was the fruit of it. Because I heard someone say, a parent is no happier than their saddest child. And if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. You see, it robs us of the fire. Let me just finish with the scripture and then I'm done. Have we forgotten the words that Jesus spoke to us about in Matthew? Matthew 16, 25 or Mark 8, 35. And it just said, here's the words. Well, I want to finish. Remember, we were going we to buy the truth. We need to be thirsty. We need to be at the point in our lives where he died for us and we no longer live for ourselves. And then he says this. If you conclude this, he says this. He says, if you try to hang on to your life or save your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will find it. See, the more you live for yourself, the more miserable your life becomes. You ever see people that are just full of themselves? And they stink? I have one of my sisters. She's been married four times. She's been to Betty Ford Clinic. I mean, all kinds of different things. I'm still praying God does something in her. But she's so full of herself. Thinks about, she's called our house, I don't know how many times. One night she called, it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and the first thing, Tracy just grabbed the phone, and she goes, ah! She goes, it's for you. (laughs) 
And it just it breaks your heart. It really breaks your heart. You see this girl that was so beautiful. This turned into a shell of a person. Because what happened? You know what? She just thought about herself. See, if you want to feel miserable, start thinking about yourself. That's all you got to do. How many of you want a bad day? Think about yourself. Well, I'm too fat. I look ugly. I used to be, I used to be a, a hunk. I mean, I used to be, I used to be, I used to be good looking. I used to be a hunk, but now I'm a chunk. Ladies start looking in the mirror and go, oh, I need a facelift because one little crack just came out. I need to, I, they, they need to do my neck. Everybody come, let me just say every woman. I